Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the Uncommons podcast. This is part one with our episode with special guest Matt Komen. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to the Uncommons podcast. Today is a very special day, one that we are so amped for because uh, Caleb, let them know. Yeah, we obviously have a guest here today. Uh, our first guest uh, ever on the Uncommons podcast. Um, you know, a great dude. Uh, just started working with him. I uh, was trained by him, prepping for, you know, an NFL. Uh, hopeful. Um, he has a crazy story and has just been through a journey of this life. So Matt Coleman. Hello world. <laughs> so tell us, tell the world a little bit about Matt Coleman. So we'll get into the together ship, but um, so what do you do right now? But like, what's the story? You know, where are you from sports? You know, the whole, whole deal, go on your little rant right now. Well, first, um, thank you guys. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's truly uh, an honor to be sitting here and uh, to have this conversation. I have been looking forward to it um, since we agreed uh, to do this. Absolutely. Um, my life is goofy and <laughs> I, um, I definitely feel excited to share some information personally with the world and do it with these two guys right here. Um, it's very energizing. Uh, I grew up um, kind of all over the place, was born in Florida. I have roots in Pittsburgh, grew up primarily in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, went to high school at Mason, and high school played football and basketball, played football, basketball, baseball my whole life. Um, was kind of a, a sports-centric dude, you know, I was Midwest kid, that's kind of all that I knew, um, you know, Parents grew up pretty blue collar in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, they lived and worked and, and put me in sports and made friends with other sports families and sports, um, you know, kids naturally just became my friends and my people. Um, that's kind of, that kind of became who I was um, in a sense. And, you know, that brought me to become a college athlete um, out of high school, and I guess we don't necessarily need, unless you guys want to. Well, but, where'd you go to school? So I went to Charleston out of high school. Um, high school story is a bit nuts. Uh, that might be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> Love that. Um, we can do the highlights, you know, if you want, like the. Uh... All right, so so I'll tell you guys. So my senior year of football, um, we were a pretty highly touted uh, team. I think we were ranked in the state. And uh, I had some interest from some pretty big schools going into my senior year. Uh, went to Ohio State camp, Louisville camp. Uh, had a few offers on the table going into, my, going into my senior year. Yeah, football. Yeah. And first game of senior year uh, was a big game broadcasted on Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports Ohio. Yeah, there we go. Back in 07, that was a... a and that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, we were playing against the team, Cole Rain, who's every year, even now, they're in the top 25 in the country. Um, this is D1 ball in Ohio, which has produced some dudes. I mean, yeah. there's dudes in the league right now, such as Luke Eakley, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Jordan yeah. Hicks, plenty of guys um, out of the Cincinnati area that are roughly around the same age range as me. Um, so big game, senior year, playing in front of, 
uh, maybe if some hometown folks hear this, uh, I, I think it was about 10,000. It could be Damn. wrong. It could be more. It's a pretty little high school right there. Uh, <laughs> the way the story goes now, 13 years later, <laughs> it's 10,000. Yeah, 50,000 sure. in a couple sure. more yeah. years. <laughs> so a uh, big game, you know, biggest game of my life to that point was definitely some scouts in the stands. Coleraine had, I mean, their whole lineup was D1 Cats. Yeah. Um, like their whole secondary was all big dudes, all their defensive front, everybody. So this is a big game for us. Yeah. And this was a big game for me to kind of solidify, you know, possibly where I was going to end up. Um, it was second quarter. Uh, we were driving. I, think, I believe we were down 14-7. Uh, if I remember correctly, we had Sluggo called. And Kevin Wiebe, if you listen to this, I still love you. Uh, <laughs> however, um, we ran Sluggo. I took my three, uh, pump faked, let that thing rip. And as I let it go, I got blasted, play side. Helmet under my chin. Um, and I hit the ground, still was tracking the ball, and drop. And we were down 14-7. We're driving. It was a big play. But I tried to get up and couldn't feel my left side. Left side, wow, out for the count. Um, and so I'm just laying on the ground, then I realized I got blood leaking out of my mouth. I had busted up my whole like chin, because he put it, this dude Gary Goins, who ended up starting at University of Cincinnati for I think four straight years, like as a true freshman, wow. um, blasted me, just straight blasted me. So I bit off like the front part of my tongue. Um, oh got hit under the neck uh, pretty good, under the chin pretty good, and ended up having to get life-flighted, helicoptered to Cincinnati. We played that game at Miami University of Ohio. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, man, the hospital, the closest hospital was in Cincinnati, which is like an hour drive. Oh, my God. So I had to get life-flighted. You know, obviously they treated me as yeah. if I broke my neck or spine. Yeah. Um, and so – I don't really remember the helicopter ride because whatever they injected into my bloodstream, uh, it worked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my I remember like my parents came down, obviously my girlfriend at the time. Um, and then the next morning actually happened to be um, my 18th birthday. And wow. pretty crazy oh, yeah. story, man. And I remember all my boys showed up that next morning. And one story I do remember throughout the night, and I didn't really have... I didn't really get feeling back until, I, if I remember correctly, it was like sometime in the middle of the night, like early morning, where I started to be able to like kind of move around my oh, fingers and toes again. And yeah. um, they had me like strapped. I was literally laying in the hospital on the body board, like still like they're putting morphine or whatever the hell they're putting in my, my, oh my, my veins. God. And I remember specifically they had left the curtain open in the ER. And this is Cincinnati, like Cincinnati's if like, for the people who haven't been to Cincinnati, like there's some pretty rough parts in Cincinnati and this dude got wheeled in and put like right in front of my little room where the curtain was, literally had a knife in his stomach sticking out of his stomach. So oddly enough, I remember that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> You're like, well, oh, I'm sitting there not knowing if hours. I have a broken back or not, yeah. but that made me, I don't know. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> but so my friends pulled up my 18th birthday. I celebrated my 18th birthday on a body board. Um, and they, they went to the, I'll never forget, man. They went to the hustler store, the, like, <laughs> the hustler store. Yeah. And they brought me like, 
I think they brought me a crown that had like some boobs on it. <laughs> so I had a boob crown on for my birthday. I think they brought me like a little suction cup that was also a boob. You're giving me so many ideas. His birthday's coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was drinking chocolate milk out of a boob cup. Love that. Uh, so that made me feel a little bit better. Shout out to all, all the boys, Brian and, and B-Lens and Whitey and all, all you guys, man. I love all you guys for forever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, long story short, I, I should not have really ever played football again. Like, yeah. I just ended up severing a nerve in my neck, um, ended up uh, coming back uh, week six, but kind of all the college interests and, and offers yeah. were off the table. Mm-hmm. So um, came back week six, uh, built a what we called a dolphin neck collar in my shoulder pads. And so I couldn't even turn my neck. I was playing quarterback. And I had to go straight Doug Flutie drop, straight, <laughs> straight Doug back. Flutie. And you guys wonder how I can like sling it with all these different arm slots yeah. now? Well, it was because when I had to throw left, I couldn't look over my left shoulder. I had to drop straight back and literally like sidearm sling that that's thing. That's so funny. Um, so that's how that happened. Have you seen, uh, that makes me think of Batman, his suit, Christian Bale's suit, he couldn't turn his neck. So if you ever actually watched Batman, he never turns his head. He just he fully has to rotate yeah. in every scene in the movie. I had a kink in my neck one time, so I can't even imagine how you like. I was like ah, like I couldn't move. Like now that like it was basically a nonstop kink slash like yeah, I'm yeah. back there operating all robotic like damn Batman. But uh, that's, you know, that's, that's a funny reference. But yeah, man, and basically like every time I got hit, almost every time I got hit, it was like you've had yeah. these stinger feelings where like. But it was like the worst stinger ever where my mm. whole left side would like lock up. Yeah. And at that point in time, I just got really good at not showing pain. Like yeah. so good. And like my linemen would kind of like they would have my back for sure. But they would know and I would just get pissed. Like anytime yeah. I'd get hit or especially <laughs> if it was like D linemen, like I'd be like, man, block, what are you yeah. doing? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, ah! <laughs> I'd be in the huddle like, hold on, guys. Hold on a second. Yeah. My coach would be like, man, you good? Like, yeah. oh, coach, good. Um, I love that. But yeah, man. So ended up playing the last uh, last five games or four games, and uh, we ended up winning still a conference championship. Just missed the playoffs, um, and I got one offer to Charleston. Wow. One offer, um, and it's funny because I, I remember and Coach Little. If you're watching this, I, I hope you are because uh, he never let me go back to shotgun. We went shotgun one game, and this like, bro, this is only 2007. Yeah, we ran like an ace offense, which is just like. <laughs> Everyone's an ace offense when you got like we had skills like we had talented dudes yeah the one game we went shotgun it was like my second game back it might have been my first game back and i'm just calling my own plays yeah and i think i went, went like i don't know i don't remember stats but like yeah i definitely broke a school record for passing yards yeah. the first ever game that i uh went shotgun and then we never went back to yeah. it yeah so like my coaches didn't necessarily do me a justice in terms of recruiting for sure. either. And they're not coaching there anymore. So I'm not yeah. really worried if they ever watch this. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, man. So I took that offer and my neck was still jacked up. Um, yeah. Actually, since we're here, I'll tell you guys yeah. my high school basketball season yeah. story too. Why not? Absolutely. Um, Let's dive into it. Guess the people, people maybe want to hear this too. Well, this is, this is, you're on here for a reason. This is your show. I want to know Matt Coleman, who he is, why he's wired the way he is. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get um, into some questions yeah. in a bit, but like give everybody the backstory. Yeah, I love his background story. Of it, no. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate you guys just interest and even no, wanting sure. to know. Um, so yeah, man. So I, I got that offer from Charleston, and at that point, um, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'll take that. And then going into my senior basketball season, my junior year, I, I hadn't really – like, I was kind of like that eighth-man rotation guy. 
where like some games I would get 20 minutes and, and score and then other games I play like three minutes my yeah. junior year and not to mention I think this is important to note my senior year I was 6'3 a buck 70. Yeah I never touched and this is why I've been so passionate in the performance field and everything that I do to date and through the past decade yeah um, I never touched weights man like yeah. I I was kind of one of those kids growing up that naturally was gifted naturally like one of the best athletes on the yeah. court or on the field anywhere I, I really was I could always sling it um and it it came back to bite me in the ass like yeah. I severed a nerve in my neck um had I been maybe six three a buck 90 who knows maybe that yeah. didn't happen um and I I tell that story to kids I've told that story to kids all throughout my whole coaching career and you know just with hopes that it can resonate with them like sure. man I need to I need to take my my shit serious absolutely um so going into basketball season um I became the two guard I became the guy mm -hmm. and was having a really good start to my year uh I think it was like I don't know 18 to 20 points a game several rebounds several assists was playing well get to the holiday tournament and we take St. X who St. X is uh, the alma mater of Luke Keekley. Okay. A couple other, couple other promising guys, and um, took them to overtime in our holiday tournament. Took an L. Um, went home on New Year's Eve that night, and instead of like going out and going to a couple different party options, yeah. my parents were good with me having a small little crew to my house. Yeah, and which was like kind of a new thing for them to be yeah. cool with, but had a small crew over. You know, we, we did our thing. We, mm -hmm. we had had some fun on New Year's Eve, but we did it responsibly and safe. Like yeah. nobody, everybody knew that they were staying. Yeah. You know, it was it was responsible. Long story short, somebody found out and I ended up actually getting kicked off of my high school basketball team. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I remember you coming. Which is that. yeah, which is just like it's crazy, man. And so I ended up being like the number one fan in the student six. I actually <laughs> like still wore my my warm up in the student section i think one game i went out and warmed up with the boys and like was throwing down dunks and stuff that's awesome um, but yeah man so basketball is kind of has kind of always been an unfulfilled thing for me as yeah. well like it's always burnt inside of me that i never really got to see basketball through yeah either. get it out yeah yeah and so um you know I, I kicked off the team so then after that uh that was the first time that I ever started getting in the weight room. January of my senior year of high school. So January 2007. It's crazy. I mean, so did, what like so, really, yeah. really prompted it? Like what really prompted you to hit that weight room? Um, I knew like, like was I was living switch, first, like some, first some I was switch. living in pain. Okay. Um, second, you know, I, it wasn't common for kids at Mason high school to actually go play college sports. Okay. Like out here in, in our culture in yeah. California and in Orange County specifically, I mean, these kids kind of expect that that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Dude's coming yeah. in seventh grade now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's vastly different from how I grew yeah. up. I mean, I remember specifically a lot of parents of like my close friends and kids that I played sports with who were good. Like they were very good athletes that would literally say like, oh, no, you're not going to play college sports. You're just a, a white dude from the suburbs. Yeah. And for me like it never registered for me it never worked like I always just had this this thing inside of me like no like I can I can yeah. do this and like I had my one of my uncle or my great uncle played in the NFL for like nine years uh, my dad's brother played college ball my dad dabbled with college athletics my mom played college volleyball 
Um, so I kind of like had that in me. Yeah. Um, so you were bred. Yeah, you, yeah. You look at him on the you field now. He's still, he's still the best athlete on the field, dude. Like the guy runs around and he's energized. Thanks, bro. I can try. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to your question, though, Luke. Um, it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm six three, buck seventy. Everything that I've done to this point hasn't worked. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something different. So I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I also, at that time period, this was January 07, I reached out to a guy named Cliff Marshall, who started a company called Ignition out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to Cliff. What's good, what's good bro? I think, I think Cliff's still at Indiana as their head strength coach right now. Oh, wow. Um, but Ignition was up and running for about 10 years, and they put, man, at least 200, 300 dudes in the league. Wow. And so when I, when I hit him up, it was originally just to train. Yeah. And he ended up offering me a job and I was only 18 and I ended up actually working with the combine program that he was, that he had in. And it was like Devin McCourty was a part of that combine program and a couple other guys that, that stuck on rosters for a while. And so I not only was training, but I was like training myself, but I was, I was training those guys and Cliff gave me, the freedom and the runway to actually like he would give me the structure and he would be like, all right, Matt, like you can pick from this list of exercises and like, here's where we need to keep the sets and the reps. And here's what the tempo needs to be. He kind of gave me the blueprint yeah. and he would be there, but he liked my energy. And so like, he let me kind of, kind of do it. And Bad so just let you be the animal, you know, let you kind of yeah. do your thing. And That's so awesome. that, that like sparked this huge interest in just like, the other side. Yeah, so yeah. I got to see the other side before I even went to college. Yeah. And so that was really cool, man. That was a really cool experience. And so I did that with Cliff all spring. And then I also was like, just on this kick of like, I, I like got into like protein shakes and like, just like getting big. And yeah. You went through the phase. Yeah. yeah. We all go through, we all go yeah, through yeah, it. Like that I initial phase. I now. I have to drink protein. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that was literally like, I got through all of high school up until that point, all of my life without, I don't, and Paul Eversall, if you're watching this, uh, don't get too offended. Um, I don't think I ever bench pressed. Literally, I was the quarterback in the weight room. That I'd be in the weight room, but I'd just be bullshitting. Yeah, I'd be out, yeah. out yeah. about, like, talking to a teammate or whatever. Re-rack when it, was, it, re-rack when it, it was my turn for a set, I went to the bathroom. Right? <laughs> yeah. Got to go get a drink of water or whatever, man. Like, that's who I was. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with talking about it. But yeah. Uh, So, yeah, like, I, I started to – do all kind of like the the standard things like bench and squat and, yeah. and dabble in with clean and deadlift and all the Olympic lifting stuff. And um, then let alone like having the experience with Cliff and like actually seeing what training is supposed to look like yeah. and seeing like what actually gets dudes to the next level. I was integrating that stuff in. And so it um, I put on like 30 pounds and I went to college at wow. like uh, close to 200 pounds and so yeah, that took me. That took me to Charleston, man. That took me to Charleston. Um, so yeah, should we yeah. keep going? What do you? Yeah, know? dude. I'm, I'm, yeah, so we're in Charleston. Charleston now. now yeah. Exactly. Now, now where's the story? Okay, yeah. So for people that like, where where is Charleston exactly? And so LA? Charleston's a D two school in yeah. West Virginia. Okay. Um, the Golden Eagles. Hell yeah. And uh, man, like shout out to Coach DeMeo. I think he's still there, man. He's an old Italian mafia guy. You never admit that. that, but he was for sure. <laughs> he was for sure. Um, that was the secret along with Walker. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. hey, he's for sure in the mob, dude. Like, man, man, <laughs> absolutely. Yo, Coach kills people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and he would, he would drop little subtle hints here and there, but 
um, big, big shout out too to all my teammates at Charleston. Um, man, that was a life changing deal. But I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta sidetrack for a minute here yeah. because I think like telling my story in this way is doing all like you guys, especially, but everybody in injustice who's listening yeah. because there's like so much, so many other things that are more important than just telling the campfire yeah. story. Um, for sure. Go ahead. So growing up in Mason, Ohio, uh, pretty much a white suburb, mm -hmm. um, with kind of like small town feel ish. Um, and so I'll tell you guys the story. So my senior year, uh, I think it was first day of camp. And I remember, man, looking over and seeing uh, this black kid on the sideline, on like the opposite sideline at practice. And there was like murmurs going around on the sideline and coach was making comments. Like coaches were like worried, yeah. making like ill-advised comments. And about the kid? Yeah, yeah, about like, I can't even say it. I'm not even yeah. comfortable saying yeah. some of the things that were that were being said by our coaches, yeah. let alone players, let alone like my friends. Yeah. Um, and like something in that moment, like made me have to go say something. And I, like I was the yeah. quarterback too. Um, I had to go say something to him. And so I did. And he ended up kind of telling me a story real quick. And he was from Louisiana, had basically lost his home, um, in Katrina, in yep. Hurricane Katrina, yep. and came from a real rough family, like real shoddy kind of family life. And, you know, I had never really experienced that. I had never really um, even like allowed that into my my thought process ever. Nobody had ever shined, shined a light on, on yeah. what it feels like to interact with somebody that comes from somewhere entirely different. Yeah, yeah totally. And so- you know, we got into a conversation. He was like, yeah, man, my, my uncle, you know, lives like down in the city of Cincinnati. And so I, I kind of wandered up here, basically, like he made his way up to Cincinnati yeah. without much support at all. That's and nuts. so, you know, he was like, man, I, like I, I play ball, man. Like I'm trying to see if I can, you know, come out and, and be a part of the squad. And I was like, a part, like a part of me was like, oh shit. Like you look, he's like, big. Yeah. he's like yeah. six foot. Like I'm like, Man, I'm sure you can yeah. I'm sure you can help the squad out. Yeah. You know, like that was a thought. Um, so I remember like he hopped in and, and like ran around with us a little bit at the end of practice, like ran yeah. some sprints or whatever bullshit conditioning we were doing at that point in time in life. Yeah. And he like smoked us. He smoked us, bro. <laughs> and we're like, oh shit, like maybe we should maybe we should try to get this dude on the team. Yeah. And so after practice, I remember, man, like he, he was so shy. Like he was so like, like hesitant to like say anything to anybody and yeah just remember being like man like where like so what are you where are you staying at tonight and he he was like well i don't know man like i'll probably see if i can get downtown and stay with my uncle um and i was like well you need a ride or something like i can take you down and he's like nah man like you shouldn't be going down there yeah and i'm like okay well uh may, like maybe you can you can stay at my place and like i remember calling my mom up like hey uh I got a new friend and uh, he like doesn't really have a place, um, but can he just come over for dinner? I was like yeah. scared to ask if he could stay the night. Yeah. And my mom, like my mom's a sweetheart and she was like, yeah, of course he can come over for dinner. Yeah. And 
Um, so he came over and I hadn't really told Brandon yet that like I hadn't really like ran by my folks yeah. if he could stay the night at our yeah. house. Um, but like, I, I felt like I was mm -hmm. still doing the right thing by bringing him over. And so brought him over. He had, we had dinner together. He was like, so polite, man. Like he was like, yes, ma'am. No, sir. Yeah. And after we finished dinner and we had a great conversation, he kind of told us his history and everything yeah. like opened up to us. And yeah. we're just like, man, like this is special. It was amazing. After dinner, he got up and did the dishes. Wow. And like, my mom was like, no, Brandon, like, I got it. My mom was always the dish person. Yeah, yeah. Like, not me or my brother, for whatever yeah. reason. Like, it should have been me or me and my brother, yeah. looking back on it. But it never yeah. was. Uh -huh. We were, like, spoiled-ass white kids. And so he got up and did the dishes. And my mom was, like, fighting him to do yeah. the dishes. He was like, no, ma'am, I insist. Yeah. You provided me a dinner. I'm going to do the dishes. That's awesome. And I'm just like, man. This kid, yeah. Something. And so my mom, like, starts, like, getting all emotional. She like comes back to the table and she's like emotional. And I'm like, then I start like feeling these, yeah. like, this rush of emotions. And, you know, I remember um, kind of pulling my mom to the side. My dad had walked away or maybe went to watch TV or something. And it's like, mom, uh, you mind like maybe if Brandon can, can stay in the, in the basement tonight. Yeah. And because uh, in the Midwest, we have basements. I don't know if you're talking, <laughs> people know about basements, yeah. but uh, we have. Uh, yeah, there's about 12 listeners. They're like, what the fuck is a basement? Yeah, what the hell is a basement? <laughs> yeah. Is that a dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> you know, guy in the dungeon? Like, no, man. So my mom was like, yeah. And she like got emotional, I remember. And so he stayed. And it was like a big, big, big deal. Big yeah. deal. And um, so like he rode to school with me. And I remember like, I, I don't, I think we, like I, we pretty much hid it from my dad wow. out of kind of out of fear yeah. and kind of out of like just uncertainty, mm -hmm. you know, not like, and you know, now things are way different with my parents and I'm sure that they'll be listening yeah. to this. So, you know, I'm just being completely, completely candid and transparent here. Yeah. Um, and so we went to school the next day. He came to practice. Long story short, ends up becoming our starting running back and like, outside linebacker, Mike linebacker, yeah, DN, like he was that, that guy yeah. and ended up living with us for my whole senior year That's awesome. and becoming basically my brother and like B Lins, bro. I love you, man. That's awesome. He like, he changed my life. He changed my yeah, life. Opened your perspective. My senior year. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't know that about me. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, know that, that story. And I'm glad that it kind of popped into my head when we're going through this because it just, it just changed everything. Like when my old friends that I grew up with would like make a racist comment or something yeah. that was even slighted towards, towards that. Yeah. I, I became, I gave me strength to be like, fuck that man. Yeah. Like, why would you talk like that? Like, yeah. that makes no sense. Like open up your mind. And yeah. so that's yeah. when things changed for me. And I honestly, like I went through this kick in my life where I, I basically was like, man, I don't even like white people. Yeah. Like, and that was just, that was just kind of like my small, like I only grew up where I grew yeah, up. That totally. you were so close-minded because of all that, your environment. Yeah. You were angry in your environment for like not teaching you, right? Yeah. Like, you know. So it was, it was a big change, man. It yeah. was a big deal. And so he like, man, I just remember so many nights, like almost every night, I just, we'd just be hanging out down in the yeah. basement, like yeah. talking life, playing video games, yeah. or we'd be out on the court, like playing one-on-one, one-on-one, -on -one. Yeah. One -on -one, like, and he's like, he actually ended up playing college basketball at a juco in chicago 
Um, and he also now has a children's book published. No way. Um, I forget the title right now, but I'll get the title. We'll put it in the footnotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does he also fight fires and save kittens? Yeah. That sounds fucking cool. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. Yeah, he, he might just be a figment of my imagination. <laughs> um, no, no, that's hilarious. But so, yeah, man, like he changed everything. He also became basically one of my workout buddies and partners, you know, throughout the course of the spring when I started to yeah. put on weight. Um, sounds like he was like your match almost like you met each other for a reason and that became like he was pushing you you're pushing him he opened up you know and then the fact that you opened up and your family let him live with you I mean that's incredible as well like yeah and so I should say this too that you know he he did so much more than just changing my life yeah. like he changed my mom and Absolutely. especially my dad's yeah. outlook on things as well and that was an amazing thing man like because yeah. when I went to school when I went to Charleston man like Charleston's in West Virginia yeah. And West Virginia is as country as it gets. For sure. And, you know, like, I, I don't want to sound ignorant or anything, but the white people in West Virginia are as white as it gets. No, I, I have and, family out there and we're from Orange County. When I went one time, I was super young, like we got looked at. Right. I mean, and we're just from Orange County. I, right, I know, right, like, right. Who the, like, who the hell are these people? Like, you're just, you're, you're, if you're not from there, you stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, man. So I kind of gravitated away from the West Virginian folk when I was at Charleston and gravitated towards uh the black dudes from the south man like shout out to monte and hig and all the dudes man yeah. x j julian in my freshman year man like i made friends with dudes from all over the place that's what's awesome about and, sports man yeah man and it really was it really was like that made my freshman year experience incredible yeah um and so i went through that year uh ended up playing a little bit uh but not quarterback I ended up kind of switching to receiver and I'll tell this short suburb or short uh, blurb of a story. It's kind of like a distant memory at this point. It's so <laughs> long ago, but I'll never forget the first time I got called out to play receiver, got lined up for a one-on-one -on -one, and the all American safety Corey Pickett, uh, had what a, a hell of a last yeah. name yeah. for an all American yeah. safety. Man, he had a dark boy visor when Ooh. it was still legal yeah. to play with those things in college uh like the i think the dion neon dion you know face yeah. mask it was cold and he didn't just line up to try to jam me he lined up to try to like take my life and my yep. soul yeah and so i'm like man i'm scared bro i'm scared <laughs> like i had never played receiver in my life i was a quarterback and you know i didn't even really i wasn't really used to uh actually being 6'3 like 195 200 pounds yeah so I didn't, I underestimated my size and yeah. like my, my actual strength yeah. and explosiveness. So I, I took like a little step back release and I slapped him as hard as I could in the helmet. <laughs> oh, <shit>. literally <laughs> hit his helmet sideways and the team just went bonkers, bro, yeah. bonkers. And it was like kind of auto, like, you know, how it goes in football. Yeah. Man. Like it was kind of like auto respect yeah. with everybody on the squad. Yeah. Maybe and, except him. Maybe yeah. Except him. We were kind of enemies all year. And yeah. it's funny. Cause like I would sneak in and my coach, like I was on a full quarterback scholarship, which at D2, they don't have necessarily like, they don't have as many scholarships yes. as D1. Yeah. So I was on like one of the, I think maybe 12, like full rides. Yeah. So I would always try to sneak in the gym and play basketball and some of the football guys would come. And I remember uh, me and him would always be 
lined up yeah. and like, there would be He's like, I want you. Yeah, yeah, there would be like so many times where like my boy Monte or other people would have to like get in between us because yeah. just young and That's competition though, man. Yeah, that's man. that's, that's yeah, good yeah. shit. That's why you play. Um so those those are some really sweet memories from back in those days. But yeah, I ended up so I, I always like I never got to fulfill basketball and football didn't really go how I wanted it to go my yeah. freshman year. So I ended up actually skipping my spring game um to go try out for northern kentucky basketball and what the hell yeah wow how did that opportunity present itself um i don't know man i honestly don't even remember how i got it i think i reached out to the coach it basically you guys talk about your send it method which i love i love that you guys are pushing that out if you haven't subscribed for the send it, then subscribe and send that bitch um, <laughs> I, love I think it. i sent it to the i sent a message to the coach at northern kentucky yeah baby yeah and it was probably facebook back in those yeah, days yeah for sure or what, however i could get in touch maybe email like maybe email online but yeah um, so he he told me that i could come to this tryout this like open day tryout or whatever and i went and killed it i went yeah. and killed it and he was like all right well shoot we'll offer you a preferred walk-on spot for sure and you know you can come play on our summer league team and like we'll be playing against like teams from university of cincinnati there's like a team i think there was a kentucky team there's a louisville team like it was yeah it's called the Devereaux's league in cincinnati and all cincinnati people know like yeah. this league is real like it's comparable to the drew league out here yeah like it's oh, as okay. close as it gets yeah, so yeah. like all anybody from the cincinnati kentucky like indiana tri-state area right yeah. there that went off to a d1 or, or any school really yeah would come back for the summer and play in that league. Yeah. And it was real. It was real. So I ended kind up like Cape Cod, like, right? Like yeah, baseball wise. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. So I, I ended up, um, I skipped my, my spring game and I killed spring ball too. Yeah. Like I had a lot of fun in spring ball. I was kind of playing a little quarterback, little receiver, but Just being an athlete. Yeah, days. man. But um, coach didn't want to get away from the spread option offense, which like, yeah, it wasn't really my thing. Like yeah. I wasn't, if I was playing receiver, like, I love blocking, don't get yeah. me wrong, but, like, I I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't trying to get one target a season, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. You didn't play for Coach Leach is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Um, yeah, that's, not that's the air comparison, <laughs> correct. Um, so, end up uh, leaving. And, you know, if I look back on it, it was, like, pretty immature how I went about it. Like, I was 19 and yeah. didn't really handle it like an adult should. But uh, it took me to Northern Kentucky. I went and played in the – uh, summer league and I think I averaged 15 16 maybe 17 a game and yeah. like I was killing playing yeah. against dudes that were d1 guys and I'm like I'm ready to go yeah. like I'm ready to be, be a preferred walk-on and like really do this thing yeah um, so I did I, I got on the squad and I lived in this huge house at northern Kentucky with several of my teammates and it was a sweet setup um, shout out to De'Aaron uh, shout out to Brad and the boys uh, Mark R.I.P um and kyle man what's up kyle i hope you're watching this bro uh man like that that house was incredible we were right in newport which is like kind of right on the river between cincinnati on this side and northern kentucky on this side and man like that house was wild wild house double double decker with a big attic big basement man like we had some fun in that house 2009 um i had my my ex-girlfriend at the time was going to ohio state and we, I went up to visit for a weekend. And long story short, we ended up, I ended up getting robbed at gunpoint Holy and shit. witnessed one of my, witnessed one of my boys uh, get beat pretty, pretty good, man. Like he, both of his eyes were 
swollen shut. I think he broke both orbital bones, broke his jaw. Holy shit. A couple of teeth knocked out right in front of my face. And and you were at and you were just at gunpoint. I'm standing there that. watching and I'm protecting my, my yeah. girlfriend at the time and her roommate. And I didn't let uh, the guys get into the apartment. Like I was able to kind of tap into this weird level of calm. Yeah. And I credit my grandpa for yeah. some of that, but maybe it's just in my in my blood. But yeah. um Yeah, so that happened and that was pretty traumatic, man. Like it was pretty traumatic to where like not only was I So they were just on the street and they kind of just robbing your girl's apartment? Yeah, it was like one o'clock in the morning. We were coming back from a night on night on the town in Columbus and uh they kinda I think they thought that it was just the two girls yeah. and didn't realize that there was three guys behind them. So they kind of had to act. It was three of them also. Okay. And they kind of had to act on the spot. And, you know, luckily I wasn't the small, smallest dude. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wasn't the first guy that they picked to basically pistol whip the shit out of. Yeah. Um, and like, man, like I was plotting ways to like get in the middle of it. Yeah. But there was two dudes standing there with a gun held to me and my other boy. Yeah. We were standing in front of our, my ex-girlfriend and her roommate. And then we're just watching right in front of us. Yeah. This dude just back and forth with the butt of his gun, just pistol whip. Yeah. Because uh, you won't let him in the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, so, and uh, like long story short, uh, one of the neighbors at the apartment complex opened their door and within, it felt pretty quick, but um, within that happening, there was a, a police helicopter that flew over top, and so they took off. And then the cops were there a couple minutes later, and, like, they had to rush my, my buddy to the hospital. Um, so that happened at the same time that I was in the doghouse at NKU. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of shut it down, man. Like, yeah. I kind of went into this dark place of, like, I didn't go to class. Yeah. I just like stopped handling any responsibilities um, and was into other things that were not really serving yeah. me at my highest self. Um, so that time period was pretty rough. Uh, ended up not really ever kind of getting out of the doghouse at NKU, but um, I was seeking other opportunities at that point in time. I think I ended up withdrawing from all my classes that semester. Um, And then I found an opportunity to go play football again at Feather River Junior College in um, Northern California, which is up in Quincy, which nobody's heard of. It's like, have you guys seen the movie The Strangers? No. No. It's a fucked up movie. But um, (laughs) basically, it's a small little town that you used to only be able to get to by train. And the movie's right. based off, like, these people get off the train, go murder the whole town. And it's a true story. Go murder the whole town and then just hop back on the train and never to be seen again. What? So that's where the school <laughs> the school was that I Holy went, Feather shit. River College. And um, crazy. so I went up there to make my return to football. Um, started, played against uh, Jordan Rogers and Butte. Um, and Aaron Rogers went to Butte. Yeah, too. no shit. Yeah, I'm, I know a lot of kids from Reno. Uh, yeah, yeah. Went to Butte. and Butte's real. Uh, we yeah. had a shootout game against them. I think I threw for several hundred. He threw for several hundred. It was a shootout, but we ended up taking an L. So we were two and one. Jordan Rogers. Going into week four. Um, and I end up against Modesto. 
And Modesto's yeah. like just not a fun place to be. No. It's like dry and yeah. like, you just don't want to be in Modesto. Like anytime I've driven back up north, like going through Modesto, it's <laughs> yeah. sick. It's like one of those places you get to and you're like, I can't wait to leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just there. doesn't feel good to be in Modesto. And for more reason, well, uh, second quarter, um, I'm like, I take a five-step drop, step up in the pocket, DNs come in, come in play side, and I don't see who's coming backside, and I get high load, and – I stand up and my foot was basically almost all the way backwards and I'm spatted and I'm looking down like, uh, and I find my first team. I think it was Enrico Pendergrass. I'm like, Rico, Enrico Pendergrass, bro, man. put my foot back in place. And I literally start like grabbing my ankle and trying to twist it back in place. And so that happened. And <laughs> I like I'm laying on the ground and this is in Modesto. The EMTs and like the oh, they don't the service there, bro. <laughs> I could not make this up. They did not reset my foot until I got to the hospital. They put a cardboard box on my leg for no reason at all. Like my foot's this way, and they put a cardboard box on my leg. I'm like, why is that even there? I'm lay I'm on the ground, and I'm looking at the EMTs and the people in the ambulance. I'm like. You, I don't care about getting me into this ambulance. Go to the liquor store, give me some 151. You, go get yeah. some weed and roll that shit up. <laughs> you, put some morphine in my vein right now. My foot is backwards. I'm yeah. like out of, I'm out of my body, yeah. like just yelling at people, like, take care of me, help me. Like, I need help. Um, so, yeah, uh, blew that season. Yeah. Week four, blew that season. So, three years, college clock. Pro. Gone. Um, that is unreal. So, end up so that's 2009, uh, 2010 spring. I end up leaving up there because it was it was nice. Like we got snowed in at one point. Saw a black bear up there, so that was cool. Uh, <laughs> that that's was pretty cool. much all. That's pretty much all. Like I finished finished yeah. my grades up there. Took a a great geology class that I remember vividly. Love geology. Stuff. And if you were in your headspace now being there oh man oh, like, i would have been all the way out there in that nature that's what i'm saying and yeah. we were like we explored quite a bit like there was great hiking trails yeah. and like the nature scene up yeah. there was uh, incredible um so finished up what a crazy first of all college i mean that's one of the nuttiest college stories i've ever heard like ever feel bouncing around but like fuck that was pretty nice yeah, i'm yeah. excited to hear the story that like of hearing all of that and now they, like, like not even how we're here yet you yeah, know what yeah, i mean like, like like you made some bad decisions and you had a bunch of shit happen to you, and then knowing you now, yeah, like, it's unreal. There's like there's a bunch of, and years I don't of, care who, like people are gonna listen to this. So yeah, there's I don't a bunch think of years there's a time I know how this frame on this. Like we're we can, we're just gonna roll. Yeah, we're rolling. Yeah. Um. So you leave uh, so, Quincy. So I leave Quincy. Um, moved to Moore Park, California. Okay. Didn't know a soul. Not a person. What, moved and, with my ex girlfriend at the that? time um is she and, knew people there or no we oh. just picked a random spot we're like let's go to southern california like let's get somewhere down there okay and so picked a random spot more park no reason like just found yeah. an apartment maybe it was like 1300 bucks a month like pretty cheap and so we moved and um at that point in time like i'd gotten a few opinions on my ankle which i had nine screws in a plate in after that injury oh, and shit. a couple opinions told me like uh, yours is bad, man. Like, you're not going to be able to come back from this. Yeah. And so, you know, like, you're young. I was 21, I think. And you're young. And, like, you're not 
you're not in the position of like, no, like, yeah, I am going to come back. You know, yeah. you kind of just listen to the doctor. Like that's, oh, that's how everybody's kind of raised. Yeah. And so something was just happening where like I was using my experience from like ignition and like other, like just, I don't know, like life happened where I got a job, I ended up getting a job at the YMCA in Camarillo and became a director there and was like running these youth programs. And I was like, going to the beach a lot, training myself, getting in the pool, didn't have enough money or like, I don't even think I had insurance um, to like actually go see a PT. Yeah. I think I saw a PT one time for my ankle. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can just do these exercises yeah, myself. Exactly. Like none of this is rocket science. And that was <laughs> yeah. just me being young and ignorant too. Like, no, for sure. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which like, it was more scientific than I actually gave it credit for being now, Especially now. Being yeah. in the field, knowing, knowing what I know now, but end up, getting my ankle back right better than it had ever been before. So this was like, uh, and then the coach, coach Moose from Feather River took the job at Ventura college. This is, and this is where shit starts to connect. So this is fall, where, yeah. fall 2010, he was like, Matt, why don't you just come out and like, you can like help out. You can kind of be like player coach ish, like just come, mm -hmm. come be a part of it. And so I did, like I was around the program that yeah. year in 2010, shout out to like Mike D RIP B daily, um man all the guys in the 2010 team viz was good bro yeah um, that's busy yeah that's viz though yeah man um, he, that fool could still play too that man can run some routes yeah bro i love this man shit. so that year was a good year i was working like figuring out actually that's also when i started my first business called attack the competition okay um which is why i admire you guys so much for just yeah. going like just yeah. going that's all was I was attack doing the competition? Yeah. Was it was just it was just a training business like oh, but okay. That's I, at the time I thought of it as only a training business, but we were just doing whatever I was doing whatever I could. Yeah. Like trying to make ends I was I was out. knocking on high school coaches' doors, like I was doing whatever I could yeah. to like just make connections because mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. Like I was just meeting people and you know, like yeah. doing whatever I could to basically send it. We'll yeah. just keep saying that. Yeah, I love that's a that. fucking doer. It that's, is. Yeah, 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 it yeah is. it's exactly what I was doing. So then I end up so my ankle was good and I'm running around during the fall throwing the ball around and, and all the guys on the team were like, dude, you should play. Like you should play with us. And I'm like, well, I need to get some video for our listeners uh, of you throwing a fucking football. No, it's literally, it's psychotic. How <laughs> like hard and how accurate <laughs> from different angles. Like you're Patrick Mahomes before that shit. Like this is like, it's unreal. Like keep going. Sorry. Um, so yeah, man, like they wanted me to come out and, um, so I ended up going through spring ball uh, in spring of 2011 and just became became a quarterback. Uh, it was like a known thing um, that I was going to be the guy going into fall 2011. Um, so I really kind of shifted my focus back to being a player. Mm -hmm. um, hey, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed part one of the Uncommons podcast with Matt Komen. Part two will be dropped very soon. Thank you for listening.